Welcome to the Drift Zone. As part of the 2018 Sydney Festival, two of the dead set deadliest brothers on the planet, Wesley Enoch and Richard Bell, came in and kept me company on the Drift Zone. The following conversation in its entirety crosses every topic of conversation and then some. We named it Embassy. Welcome, Welcome to the Drift, Drift Zone. Firstly, Wesley, could you let us know how Sydney Festival is and the process of it? Yeah, it seems to be going well. I mean, in the end, the audience get to decide how good the Sydney Festival is. Um, what's been fantastic is just uh, we've had our uh, opening weekend just passed and the sense of the invitation for people to come and be part of that. Um, one of the big things uh, I know the community is interested in too is what we're calling the Blackout Program. Last year we called it the Indigenous Program and that just was too dry, you know. Mm. It's just kind of go, oh, don't we know. So we're just saying, what 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 is it when we want to gather together and, and do that? And we called it the Blackout Program, which was also a way of inviting our our First Nations brothers and sisters from North America, from uh, New Zealand, from other parts of the world to come and be part of a conversation. And what I love about Sydney and what I hate about Sydney at the same point is that Sydney's this kind of coming together point. It's, it's the first colonial moments where black and white started to talk together. Mm-hmm. Now, did they talk well? Well, you know, we all have our opinions. And this idea of that conversation, it, it comes from this place. This country, the Gadigal, you know, Eora here, they started the conversation that we around the nation have been learning from. And what the Sydney Festival is trying to do is continue that somehow. Whether you throw in an idea and people can hate it or love it, the, you, you kind of engage with people uh, in ways. And, and ultimately, I think good art... Mm. Um, should be things that are both politically charged and, you know, aesthetically pleasing and have some sense, if you like, to of incredible skill at work, whatever skill mm. that is. And uh, for me, the Sydney Festival has been trying to pull in that, that debate. You know, sometimes you see things and you think, that's really beautiful, but it's meaningless. Mm. It's distracted me for a little while but it hasn't kind of fed my soul. And what I've been trying to do more, we are just talking about it before off, off air, this, this notion of, you know, the more diverse you can get in terms of your voices, the more discussions you can get, it actually also relieves any one show, one artist from being representative of a community or a culture. Mm. So if you say, you know, the ticker box ideas, if you have uh, one um, First Nations story, you go, right, if you only have one, it has to represent all the diversity. Mm. But if you have 15, suddenly you can have really divergent stories within that because you're not asking one artist to do everything for you. And that's the big shift, I think. Diversity is not necessarily about saying, you know, uh, uh, not just about inclusion. It's also about saying you can actually tell more diverse stories that strengthen the community a bit more too. Mm. Congratulations, too, on your role as Festival Director of Sydney Festival. How do you go about curating a festival as big as this one? My, my, my job, I reckon, is to have – as my ears have to be as big as my mouth in a job like this. She's got to be hard. Hey, <laughs> it's a big mouth. But my, my, my job is to keep listening and um, – and I go around and have meetings and I mm. uh, sit down with people and try to find out what's coming through. And, and it's interesting that if you, if you have big ears and you listen to artists, artists will tell you what audiences want to engage with. You know, artists are already through this sense of kind of osmosis connected to communities. They are understanding what the mm. zeitgeist for that, whatever you want to use that word for, is connected to people. So 
you know, I can be as arrogant as I like and say, I want everyone to see what I want, but it's my job to kind of listen and go, oh, I see this artist is doing this and, and not to necessarily try to over, overanalyze it. Mm-hmm. An artist works in a very instinctive way, connecting to a sense of time and place and, and history. And that if you trust those artists, they will take you to places that you can't go by yourself as an audience member as well as a, as a programmer. So with Sydney Festival, I don't I don't set out with themes. I don't set out with um, – I've got my own kind of politics. I, I know that a First Nations program, like a blackout program, is important to me, mm. so I'm going to keep doing that. But then I go to wherever the artists want to want to talk within that kind of program as well. Beautiful. I think it's a great opportunity for a festival such as Sydney Festival to invite um, Aboriginal people on as leaders and then through that osmosis as well down the track in the future, these, uh, I guess, projects that people start continue and evolve during the festival in the future. In, In that sense, Richard, good morning. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about your history in terms of Redfern. I know you've got a great history and... Yeah, it'd be great if you could share some of that with the listeners. Yeah, uh, well, I first came to Sydney when I was uh, 21. Um, I got here in 1974 and um, uh, I just turned 21 and um, I ended up staying here. I was going to stay overnight and I ended up staying for 10 years. I did a half a Rip Van Winkle. Mm. <laughs> And stayed ten years here. Played football with uh, the Redfern All Blacks for for those ten years. Um, met lots of people. This is a, as probably as close to a community as as I ha- have ever had. You know, like I came here, I was politicised here. Actually, um, lived in in the hostel next door to this to this place here. So it's always beautiful. Um when people come to Koori Radio as it is now, every now and then we have people like yourself that come in and myself, not knowing too much about the history as such, like on the ground, um, it's really beautiful to have people come back and tell us about the site here, what was going on around around the site when it was uh, Black Theatre and all of that. It's when when it was called Botany Street yeah, rather than uh, Cope Re- Street. Radio, so this connected up to Botany. Yeah, well, well, that, that was um, that was Regent Street there, and then Botany Roads just down the other side of the street down there. But, mm. um, this was Botany Street, and right. Botany Road b- began down there. So, do you catch up with community that was around in that time? Yeah, um, uh, I'll probably end up going over to Rails, uh, you know, or the the club, or the Abbots down the road. Yeah. Um. Sydney Festival and 52 Artists, 52 Actions is an exciting new online exhibition. How did that come about and your involvement and how do you see it going over the 12 months? Oh, well, I'm not really the, the person to speak about how it came about, but I, I've heard that it, you know, that it was um, presented you know, like to uh, funding bodies and um, they had to... Uh, come back and rejig it, and um, they've ended up funding it themselves. You know, art spaces doing do it themselves, as far as I know. And um, it's it's a new venture for for them. Like they uh, basically they've invited fifty two artists to curate a show online. You know, like um, uh, because they see you know like that um, this is where 
you know, art uh, is is heading. You know, like it's mm. heading to this online uh, focus, um, and they're going to be uh, right at near the front of that that line you now in in taking that direction. Um, Fifty-two artists. You know, like there's going to be such a you know, a wide diversity of, of uh, mm. opinions and, yeah. and uh, presentations. Uh, some people will be more savvy than than others in it. You know, like, um, um, I'm. I don't, I don't know why they picked me to go first because <laughs> I'm not that that savvy with it. But um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go in a new direction with with uh, my work um, mm. in, in this show. I'm, I'm looking at nuclear. Proliferation and uh, the the dangers presented by uh, the the weapons, uh, mm. but not only the weapons. You know, we have the, the nuclear reactors at the power stations and that. Um, the oldest ones of those are you know turning fifty, and um, you know that kind of infrastructure does crumble. Exactly, and there's there's no real um, effort being made to look at. All the contingencies, all the dangers that that could happen, the accidents that could happen, we see that with Fukushima, which still hasn't been fixed. What four years after, or, or six years after, you know, it happening, and it's just spewing out radioactive uh, water into the Pacific. You know, like mm. millions of uh, gallons of of radiated water, you know, uh, every day. So I think so. There's. Uh, uh, Chernobyl and um, Three Mile Island, uh, also, you know, which were disastrous accidents. And because they haven't looked at um, what can happen, there's no engineering you know, being developed to to uh, stop, you know, um, uh, constant damage like Fukushima. Well, they hadn't even looked at why it went wrong in the first place, or no, no, they, they, they well, um, the remember the China syndrome, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea that you know uh, these reactors would just go through and melt the, you know, through the earth and, and go through to the other side of the world. You know, like, uh, I think gravity might have a little to do with that, but, <laughs> mm. um, but you know, like uh, ah. even then, that you know, there's there's nothing being done to to. To, to deal with that. What gets me is this kind of the act of forgetting that goes on around the world, but mostly in this country too, what we choose to remember and what we choose to forget. And we think by just ignoring it, it'll kind of fix itself somehow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. You know, like I was jolted into this by you know, um, the fact that you know, a group called ICANN um, from Australia yep. just won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I thought, gee, who are these people? You know, yeah. Where did they come from? What are they on about? So um, I, I got the, the uh, ladies at um, Artspace to make some inquiries. And um, fortunately, I'm going to be speaking uh, to uh, a representative from ICANN yeah. later today. I'm going to be interviewing somebody from a Nobel Peace Prize winning organisation. Yeah, it's extraordinary. But isn't it, like you say this too that in Australia, well, and you know, let I, I, you know, I said before, politics and art always kind of intersect, and good politics and arts always intersects. This whole idea that in this country they're hardly known. In fact, from what I understand, they're almost vilified by the, the our government. You know, saying yes, well, that, Malcolm Turnbull has refused to to congratulate them. Yeah. 
It's, it's just extraordinary. You're the, the only Nobel Peace Prize winners from this nation. You're like, yeah, we've had celebrated Nobel Prize winners. You're like, yeah, yeah. in in other areas, but you're like, and you know, and governments have been quick to associate themselves w- with those. But it's consistent with, uh, like, let's say, in terms of the neoliberalism, <laughs> <laughs> neocons. But this whole idea of even when you talk about Aboriginal history and things that that when people say, oh no, you know, we should move on, we should do all this kind of stuff. You go, no, you want to remember some things. Anzac Day, the 26th of January, you want to remember yeah. certain things that yeah. continue a narrative for yourself, but you don't want to remember, you know, the the frontier wars, or you don't want to remember uh, the indigenous... Oc- How very colonial of them. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that amazing? That it, but it continues. Things yes. we don't want to know as a country, Manus Island, um, <clears throat> our treatment of of uh, people in detention, youth in detention in Northern Territory. Yeah, people on the dole. Yeah. It's, uh, the treatment of people on the dole is abominable. But this is an absolute disease in this country about forgetting or selection, perhaps, selective memories. And I, I, I worry that if we don't, as artists, shine a light on these kind of things, if we don't say, you know, uh, think about this, that if we only, as artists, go, oh, let's distract you for a little moment of from your hard day's work or, you know, let's put something pretty on your walls that matches your couch. If if that's all we do as artists, then I think we have totally abrogated our responsibility. And what's fantastic about 52 Actions or 52 Artists, 52 Actions is that, you know, an artist every week for a year mm. is going to, in the Asia-Pacific area, a bit broader, but that area, is going to have an action, however they define it, and put that up on Instagram mm. as a way of documenting something that's of significance in in where they come from. And as you're saying, people may have actually said, oh, Richard Bell, he'll do something about, we assume he will do, but you as an artist get drawn to this particular story. Yeah. And that's yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, well, um, there's also a website that, that's... Um, are going to be available, you know, like so, which will have more material, you know, like um, uh, attached to it. Um, mm. So the people, if they want to, want to, can go there and see, you know, uh, the results of some of the research that the artists have done. How is it different for you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what I'm fascinated by is to go, let's say, the tent embassies sometime, uh, and the work on Canvas you've done. How is this different for you? What, what What's different about going online and um, having art that is speaking through that medium? Is there any difference? Um, well, I'm seeming to, to think so. You're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified you know, by, by the, the, the thought of it, you know, like about... I'm, I'm getting out of my uh, comfort zone and, and doing something you know, uh, completely new. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm doing a, a, a project that is uh, internet specific. So I've, I've never done that uh, that before. So you know, and, and they threw me in at number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm 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 supposed to set the tone for everybody else. <laughs> in Brisbane, where where I come from, there's uh, this. Amazing collection of young black and brown women, you know, who mm. are just rocking it. You know, mm. like um, you, know, you could send somebody up to Brizzy, you know, and 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 check out what they're doing. You know, like they're they're rocking the place. You know, like mm. you know, musically, you know, the um, their performances. You know, like the, they put together you know, what is hot brown honey? Hot brown you know? honey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like that that sort of, that sort of thing. So that's 
easily translatable to yeah. uh, to radio. But radio is great because, uh, l- like a lot of new technologies. Oh, actually, I should say this. I think you know, film, television mm. is really good as its own medium, yeah. but to for it to uh, express other kind of artistic form, yeah. theatre, dance, um, even live music up to a point, you end up going, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't translate well, but something like radio, which, um, or even just the still photography can keep your imagination engaged. Mm. So when you're listening to, let's say a dance piece in, in this example, and maybe there's little bits of description along the way. Your imagination's engaged, so you are you are filling in the gaps. Whereas if it's all just given to you, yeah. that's a real problem because you 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 act as a passive audience, and all you can do is just receive it. And I, I worry about that because um, I, I see passivity in terms of audiences and the reception of arts and culture as an extension of a passivity uh, in our democracy uh, or, or even social structures. That if you are passive in it and you no longer have agency, what ends up happening is society happens to you Mm. and you don't actually feel that you can make it. And I've been interested in seeing with the Brexit discussions but also with um, Trump discussions that those two countries which have uh, a voluntary um, voting process means that there's always – uh, part of the electorate that's sitting there waiting to be galvanised around an issue and they can then jump in and go, oh, I'm going to put a protest vote in. Whereas in Australia, you know, all our problems, but with compulsory voting it means that we're constantly being asked what our opinions are and we are enforced to say what it is. Well, you can go in and not not vote. You can have a donkey vote or you can mm. abstain that way, but you are forced to turn up. And I find that interesting because... We have to stay active in the making of this country. And I worry that, um, especially federal politics just bore me senseless at the moment because mm. it doesn't feel like it's engaging us. Which is frightening in a way. I mean, for many of us, because we feel like that, I, I think about our youth and mm. how if, if, if we're disengaged with politics, it means that the younger generation could possibly go more disengaged than us. Yeah. I've always believed that. I don't know, as early as possible, children learn all these different subjects, but politics and especially political history should be taught. Well, and it should be normalised in conversation with children so they become engaged with the political process. But sitting in this seat, in this building, mm. where black theatre, well, on, on this ground, yes. like, where you felt like there was... An- Uncle, you know this. Uncle, who are your uncle now? Hey, number one uncle. Hey, hey you uncle, now you just number said how old you are. Number one uncle. <laughs> hey. But that whole idea of saying... Where, you know, you, you're talking about the history in the 70s and, mm. and especially here in Sydney, that sense of how exciting it was. Mm. Well, exciting, also it terrifying. And it was terrifying yeah. um, in both measures. Yeah. But yeah, look, um, I actually have faith in, in the youth. Yeah. Like I, I think that they're doing a fantastic job. You know, like, um, and I've, I've thought that for, for ages. In fact, Embassy is as much a tribute to them as it is to um, the, the people who are actually at the tent embassy. Mm-hmm. So how would Embassy translate to online? Um, well, there's, there's lots of um, the discussions that I've had in the tent that um, are, are just uh, the dialogue um, of people just sort of Really interesting guests. Um, uh, I try to 
get local guests as, as often as I can. Um, I try to get the guests to be my friends, you know, like uh, and family. Mm. Um, and you know, I try to put as much money into the community as, as I possibly can. You know, like try to reduce um, the amount of money spent on airfares and um, um, motel rooms and that sort of thing so I can spend more on you know, uh, speakers' fees and th- things like that. And these people get a voice and, and where, when their voices are heard, you know, people recognise how magnificent these people are and they're just people from local communities. Mm. Everywhere I've gone, you know, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth, Moscow, Jakarta, um, New York, uh, Amsterdam, you know, like, um, all these places have, um, you know, I get local pe- people, you know, to, to come uh, and, and speak and, and their voices, you know, like, uh, are very powerful, you know, like, and I, I think that they would translate to um, to radio mm. uh, quite dynamically, you know, like, you know get Murrinder Yano speaking, mm-hmm. you know, like, just before he goes over and tears strips off Pauline <laughs> Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've inspired me for a new program on Career Radio relating to 52 um, Artists, 52 Actions and, and Conversation as well, a new program called Embassy. Great. Where people just come in and Fabulous. have conversations. Yeah, Fabulous. thank you guys. <laughs> it's Monday. No, th- thank our people. You're like a, yeah, you yeah. Know, who started this idea mm. of, of having an embassy. You know, like mm. it was a, a, a magnificent, you know, assertion of sovereignty. You mm. know, like um, back when sovereignty was not allowed on the table. Mm. So you know, like um, that's how important it was. You know, like and and it and it, it shook. The world, you know, like there was eighty-two countries reported that event. You know, mm-hmm. like um, you know, that's that's amazing. You know, mm. like, um, to to think that we reach that many people in in one action. You know, yeah, so, you know, and, that's that's an interesting thing in terms of radio and say the tent embassy people that aren't, I guess, don't know too much about it or aren't Aboriginal or are a bit wary or unsure, like putting it to radio, what they'll realise is a lot of it is conversation. Absolutely. And that's, you know, people, we're an oral, people, oral being able, yeah, yeah. people being able to tune in and be involved or be invited into that conversation, you know, promotes a better understanding. That point about oral oral traditions and, and oral cultures, you know, it's not like uh, uh, you know we had the passing of Uncle built, Dennis. This is built for us, absolutely. <laughs> it's a, and it's a permanent record of some sort, absolutely, of, of our history that mm. that is compatible with kind of cultural values. How getting people in to, to listen to them speak about what it was like then or what it's mm. like now is so important. When Uncle Dennis passed away, Uncle Dennis Walker passed away um, just in December. You know, and you think you see some of the, the footage, mostly news footage that I've seen anyway. Oh. And he was such an orator, or Gary Foley, and mm. you know, Gary Foley's Paul still with Coe. us. Oh, Paul Coe, yeah, mm. yeah, or Soul. You mm. know, yeah. these oh. fantastic mm. speakers and great women too who are out there exactly. doing these big things. Those those actions are in fact as much artistic and cultural. Mm. You know, when you listen to the, the those recordings, especially in Embassy, like Gary Foley talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my it was god. So theatrical. It was fantastic. <laughs> and 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 somehow there is a and, and again I don't want to be down on the youth, mm. but there's a sense of saying, Oh, have we lost the boldness 
to no, what we're doing. No, I disagree. I disagree because, you're like, I have, as a young person mm. coming here to, to Sydney, you know, like, I, I discovered that, you know, like, they were a minority, you know, like, mm. and today, you know, like, um, the, the, they're a minority, you know, the, the young voices are a minority once again, you know, like, mm. Mm. and I, and I think just a similar minority, you know, like, percentage wise, you know, so, um, I'm I'm going to defend them, you know, like, because uh, <laughs> I, I think they're doing a great job. You know, like uh, for me, it's wrapped up in the whole kind of millennial thing too. You go, mm, is yeah. there a, is there a, a self absorption? Is there a kind of you know pick up your mobile phone, stay in that world? Is it about? Oh well, I, I'd, from I'd be looking at my phone, you know, probably four or five hours a day too. You know, like, <laughs> and I'm touching it you know, two and a half thousand times a day. You know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just about everybody else. You know, and that's. That's seriously, mm, that, you know, um, where's you, you got your buzzer there? It's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a numbers man, you know, like, yeah. for, for me. I've always been a numbers man. So looking at the numbers of people who, who are politically active, um, uh, today, you know, like, uh, among the young people, I think it's a, a similar percentage to what was about when, when I was young. Mm-mm. But are they, as engaged, well, it, it's terrible because you, you always respond to the time you're in. Absolutely, you know? like, uh, and I, is, and I, I think my answer to, to that, given the circumstances today, is yes. Yeah, I think I think they are. I think I think they're, co- they're, they're copping a bit of a, uh, mm. a bum rap. You know, and remember, the, the bar was set very high back then. These mm. people were magnificent. You know, like, you know, uh, they they. Change this country, you know, change the face mm. of this country, like, um, and they did it, you know, a lot of them were, were teenagers, you know, so, Mm-mm. so, you know, like, um, that, I, I think it's unfair to, you know, to uh, compare them to, to that generation. Like, we don't compare previous generations to, to them. So I think it's unfair to, you know, uh, compare this, these generations. Mm. I guess for me too, that, that uh, I'm trying to also be quite respectful of, the amazing when we think about the 67 yeah. referendum when we think about the amazing things that happened in the 70s that my generation absolutely took advantage of you know going to university yes. having access to different resources to do things to that were yeah, for, I benefited for, as well yeah. Yeah. you yeah. we're about the same age except 20 years maybe but oh, yeah. anyway <laughs> but you know that whole idea you, you want to go let's say like same sex marriage this discussion mm. that has happened recently you know, the, part of me was going, yeah, look, just do it, get over it and done with it. It's fine. We need to have mm. it. Just have it. But it felt like a very middle class kind of attitude, a very uh, issue to be dealing with. It seemed to be a lot of the big human rights issues, the things mm. we have to fight for are being forgotten when we're f- distracted and fixated on, on what I think are just simple things that need to be ticked up, but obviously yeah, not because... Well, obviously, that was that was something that the parliament could have done. Absolutely. All they had to do was undo a previous act of parliament. That's, you know, that had nothing to do with us. You know, they just showed a distinct lack of leadership. Yeah, agreed. And I think there are some issues that are happening that are bigger issues in this country. Like, Absolutely. You know, like the, the intervention, we still haven't quite dealt with the intervention in Northern Territory. The whole kind of um, Royal it's Commission. It's quite either. You know, like, we haven't dealt with it at all. You know, like, um, you know, it's, and and it's, there's these things like rec- recognise, which is another distraction. Mm-hmm. You're taking us away from, you know, like the treatment of our children, you know, like in, in uh, prisons, you know, like, mm. and, and our children are being imprisoned at a, at a rate, you know, like um, unprecedented in our history. You know, our children are being taken, you know, in, in numbers unprecedented in our 
uh, in our history. You know, mm-hmm. th- these are the things that we should be looking at. You know, like and you know, domestic violence. You know, like is, is another thing that that we need to be lo- looking at. Well, you th- we talked about before the kind of neoconservatism, and I feel that that's. I, I don't quite know what they're trying to conserve anymore, and it is about I think privilege. There is a sense of saying. There is uh, um, a colonial mindset that has established a, a privileged set in Australia of, of ideas and values that you cannot question and you cannot get into. And as artists, that's our job is to get into yeah, the middle yeah, of it. I think we need to disrupt these um, and challenge you know, the social mores of, of this nation. You know, like, you know uh, ones that, that allow you know, the the rich, you know. Like, you know, to absolutely enslave, you know, the population again. You know, we've got you know, uh, unions being attacked, being you know, mm. being disempowered. You know, seventy years ago, what yesterday I think it was the the uh, eight hour forty mm. a day yeah. forty hour week. You know, came into to Australia. You know, um, we have, we have wages. You know, like. Um, Shrinking in real terms, you know, the the unemployment benefits haven't been raised in seventeen years. You know, like people are, are really struggling. You know, we need to that is, you know, poverty in this nation is probably one of the biggest issues because so much stems from uh, from poverty, so much negative behaviour, so much you know, negative statistics you know mm. come out of poverty. Now we should be looking at, at that and fighting you know for poor people. Yeah, and this is, what, this is what I really love about 52 Artists, 52 Actions. Mm. It says to artists, you know, what is it that you think you really need to say? And what's great is the, the kind of nuclear pr- proliferation <clears throat> conversation where you go, oh, that's right. Have we taken our eye off the ball? We're so interested in Netflix, mm. and I am too. Don't get me wrong. Hello, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm not pointing the finger at everyone else. I'm pointing it at me, mm-hmm. going, Netflix, oh, yeah, great, love that. You know, the the same-sex marriage debate. I was there, social yeah. keyboard yeah, yeah. warrior, going, oh, think about this and think about that. And is it – yes, it's a big issue, but in fact there are much, much bigger issues that yes, we so now is. have to be activated. Yeah. We now have to feel that we can be part of it all. I'll defend the people once again. You're like um, uh, they're not being lazy. You're like um, uh, intellectually. You're like they're they're not being lazy by not questioning these things. You're like they are struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. You're like the poverty is is getting a tighter and tighter grip on on people, and more particularly our people than just about anybody else in the community. They have not got the time to, you know, to scratch their ass, you mm-hmm. know, you know, let alone think about things, you know, like, um, I as an artist, you know, I set aside time each week to think about the really important things in my life, you know, and, and in my, the life of, of lives of those around me, you know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really privileged to have that time, but I have to set that so- time aside and not everybody has that, has mm-hmm. that opportunity to do that mm. that's true i think that's interesting what you said also 
harking back to the 70s, I guess even, like a lot of people in the movement then also didn't have the luxuries and freedoms. They, no, no, no. They, if they, if they we wanted continue. to contact somebody, you're like, we had, remember, we didn't have phones then. Mm. You're like, um, you know, the, only the rich had, pho- had phones, you know, so we couldn't call people up and say, oh, we're coming around to your place. We'd have to lob around there, you know, mm. like, and knock on the door, and if they weren't there, we'd have to sit on their step and wait for them to come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting how you say you put aside time each week to to think about these things and that's that's really um inspiring as well i guess for myself and for people listening that you know with everything we're involved in during our day during our week during our life that we have that power to say okay this time i'm putting aside to Mm. do things that are important to myself and to my community to my planet yeah Mm. yeah well um you know with all these you know time-saving devices that we have you know like um you know we're, we're we're still Rush for time. You're like, you like, you listen to you know, commercial radio, you know, like, uh, and they talk really fast, you know, so it, it's that sort of thing, you know, gets, gets you, you know, ex- excited or excitable, you mm. know, like, so, so that rushes you, you know, like, mm. we're, we're, we're rushed everywhere, you know, to, to get things. We need to slow down, you know, we need to spend time, time to think about what is the most important thing. And I'll give you a clue. It's not, you know, wealth or, or riches, you know, like, um, it's, it's those closest to you. You know, like when you're on your deathbed, all you want around, all you want around you is your people, you know, who have been closest to you. You know, just spend some more time with them now while, you know, while you, while you can, you know, like, um, they are the most important things in our lives. You know, you know, all the money in the world ain't going to help you when you're on your deathbed, you know, like, um, no amount of alcohol, no amount of drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. Just sad. Yeah. In terms of your your involvement with fifty two artists, fifty two actions, how how long is the period that it goes for? Your your own one. Um. Well, I'm going back to Brisbane on um, Wednesday, or maybe to Hobart. Mm. Well, is, I'm is I'm, I'm going to revisit it. I don't know what um, Arspace think, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to be coming back. Good. To loading hear. some shit on. Mm. Well, you're not perfect first time. Never. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I was just—I was just being inspired by this idea of um, how intergenerational uh, connections really important. You know, often we talk about community, and a subset of that is family, and how important it is to stay connected to family. And and you know, it's a lesson I keep having to learn that I can be distracted by my work, by um, social media, or even my own selfishness needing time for myself Absolutely. to just kind of decompress from the world. And I worry that um, we don't use the social media as a tool. Mm. We think of it as something that, you know, inhabits our life and takes over our life. What do you mean we? Oh, we. The royal we there. <laughs> <laughs> like a little bottle of urine in the corner. The royal we over there. But this whole idea that, that uh, like listening to, to, to Richard there say, you know, how do you, <laughs> how do you take time out every day, every week, to just reflect on stuff is a great lesson because we can reflect then on history. You know, uh, this whole idea of sitting in, in this building and you feel the kind of connection in space to a whole history of the conversation. And, and if you just ruminate on that and reflect on it, you can then go, how, what are those conversations? How are they meaningful today? Mm. What can I do today? But if you are constantly busying yourself, and this is the job of an artist to say, I'm going to carve out space for society 
And it's not just for ourselves, it's for our community, for society. If we carve out space, we can help shape ideas in a different way. Because I worry that our media, our news media in particular, has become more focused on entertainment, mm. more focused on how do I, you know, razzmatazz this kind of thing and make it social and mm. lovely and, you know, um, sound bites and things. And that the artist has become more important in the truth telling of our mm. communities. In terms of news, I've always believed, you know, you have your news stories or, you know, they have their formula. But right at the end, there's usually sport and weather, especially on radio news. There's nothing ever. There's never time put aside for art, for culture. That'd be really beautiful if the news, yeah. the news, I guess, the news yeah. segments created that. But they that call it. Me yeah. They call it human interest. Is that, yeah. is that what they call, they call it? Human interest. You know where <laughs> right. you get yeah, here's yeah, so yeah. and so who saved a puppy from a mm. drain. Mm. The arts are seen in that environment, as opposed to something that's that's important. And also the idea that we often see the arts, not a broader set set of uh, culture. Mm. Uh, and you know, yes, saving a dog from a drain can be a cultural conversation. But there's much bigger things out there. And yeah. again, this comes back to the mm. idea of are we limiting our cultural ambition mm. to things that are, you know, um, popular or are we making sure things are broad enough and, and ex you know, sometimes the outlier opinion mm. is also out there because we go, oh, that's interesting. I totally disagree with that, mm. which is totally allowed because if we agreed with everyone all the time, you know, we, we'd be a different yeah. – we'd be a totalitarian state. Oh, wouldn't it, we be in heaven? Uh, well, in your heaven – no, no, that's that's the ideal. <laughs> what, that everyone agrees? Yeah, no, see, I think, in, in nah. heaven, come on, that, nobody argues in heaven. Yeah. We don't know that. <laughs> maybe maybe your God does that. My God does something totally different. But that's interesting as well because it shows that, you know, art has power. And if art was, I guess, embraced by the mainstream media, it would give people the opportunity that are watching the news and it's all going and there's like numbers and things going all over the screen, and then an artist comes on and talks about art, people would go and breathe, mm. and then they'd be distracted by art. Okay, uh, talking about news, mm. talking about news, like um, in Shakespeare's day, you know, there was yeah. there were two places to get news. That was, that was uh, from the church, which was the government line, or from the artist, which was, you know, the, the puppeteers, the... the, the uh, roving minstrels, the yeah. you know the the court jesters, and this this sort of thing, you know, and you know pl the the plays, you know, like Shakespeare, you know, shows what uh, what that entailed in Richard the Third, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and that you know, you would go the popular. The, the the groundlings, the people who would be in the theatre, yeah. who'd pay the, the smallest amount to be there, yeah. would cheer and jeer yeah. at these figures that were being represented in, yes. in Shakespeare's time because Absolutely. he was speaking directly like about the time. Yeah. Mm. We yeah. look at these historical pieces of art and go, oh, well, you know, aren't they beautiful? Aren't they amazing? They were contemporary art. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, they were a commentary of its day. Absolutely. And, and if anything, the, the challenge for artists today and for festivals, in, in my case, is to go... What are the things that are important to be said mm. and how are everyone engaging in that? Because if if we just do what's really interesting in Europe at the moment or who's the hot young thing and it's not connected to what's going on in this country, we start to get a, that cu cultural cringe. We All those kind of old cliches just play themselves out again and again yeah. and again. And I found that recently just in this, this festival where you go, things that the decisions I've made about here are big aesthetic uh, works that are happening overseas 
that we should bring because we need to touch base with them. Mm. It's interesting because audiences will love them and they'll buy tickets. But I go, oh, there's something missing because I haven't got the debate and discussion around it. And I feel that they're, they're the kind of um, sugar of art. Mm. They're, they're very confectious and you love them and you, you, you get that kind of burst from it, but it doesn't last afterwards. But things mm. that have good kind of nutrition in them, artistic nutrition, you know that will that it will grow, diff- inspire different artists to do different things, and that's what I need to do more of. Mm. In terms of Sydney Festival this year, what are some of the things that you'd hope people will take away or will, yeah, will take away? Look, someone's asked me this the other question, well, you know, the other day about... Um, Oh, you know, what's your favourite thing? You know, and you end up going, oh, look, I love all my children equally, you know, that kind of world. But what I want people to do is to uh, find their way through the festival. There is a curation at, at play, and often we don't think of festivals in that way. We see them as a series of uh, discrete performances or uh, exhibitions or whatever. But if you if you really follow the pathway through, there is this thing about activation, um, there is a sense too of what are the big issues. Uh, let's say the, there's a couple of works that I've been attracted to uh, with artists because uh, oh, the feminist discussion, or at least a, a, a moving back and discussing what in the 1970s or even before what that meant, mm. and what does it mean now when you have a president in the White House who you know talks about grabbing women by you know well sexual assault. Mm. What does yeah. that mean? that there's this kind of backroom, locker room talk, the, the so-called, you go, oh, that's ridiculous. And what have, we, what have we done? Have we changed? There's also, there's a through line around uh, environmental sustainability uh, and conversations there. And it's not to say that um, there's a theme and here's my cricket bat and I'm going to knock you over the head. It's artists are engaging in discussions and debates which are normal. Uh, and of course, then the the, cons, the conversation around cultural continuity, especially in a First Nations environment, mm. how do we inherit from those who've come before us, and how do we pass on to the next generations? So, if anything, it's not about one thing; it's about can you find the right um, aggregation of experiences so that you can go forward and say. Uh, I now want to make an opinion or, or I want to have a say on something or I want to talk to my friends and family about these issues because I feel excited by it. Or even just to talk about the show, mm. about giving them a vocabulary to explain the world they're living in and giving some kind of historical context as well. Beautiful. Uh, Richard, with, with your... Um with your work in 52 Artists, 52 Actions, again, likewise, what do you hope people take away from it? Well... Uh, actually, I, I'm, I hope that they you know, become aware of it. You know, I can just start, start, you know, actually fearing it. This is the most present, clearest danger to humanity and the planet than any other issue. You know, like, uh, forget about um, you know um, identity politics. Forget about you know. Um, uh, me too, you know, f- forget about, you know, the same-sex marriage. All those things are just distractions uh, uh, away from thinking about this thing. We need to get these weapons off the scene. They need to need to be taken out. They need to be disabled. The, all the nuclear power plants need to be shut down. You know, mm. this, this is um, 
the message that is coming through ICANN and their treaty that they got 122 countries mm. to sign. Now, that was a magnificent effort on their part. But we hardly knew anything about them. So mm. you know, I'm, I'm just amplifying their message and I'm hoping that, that other artists, all these white artists complained about, you know, uh, uh, Aboriginal artists, you know, having an, an unfair advantage over them because, <laughs> for, because of identity politics, and that they don't have any any issue to 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 make art about. You know, well, they they could start with the, with this. They could they could go on to you know, like uh, global warming. You know, like mm. uh, these are, these are things that are really important to uh, you know, to uh, humanity. So. You know, they just got to stop whinging and start making some good art. I I also like one thing you 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 refer to yourself, Richard, as being human, and I love that because humans can't exist in terms of nuclear war and the nuclear environment. Yeah, radiation With, sort of yeah, you know, was anti-human. Without a healthy environment, we have no humans, we have no mm-hmm. culture, we have no mm-hmm. art, we have Absolutely. no we have no community. So it, it's important for us to keep on. Uh, Letting people know about that, yeah, and um, well, we can't live without art. Nobody can live without art. You know, like uh, we can live without sport. You know, like we live without politics, but we cannot live without art. You know, like and if you, if, you know, all you blackfellas out there listening, you know, like um, if you think you can live without our music, you know, like without singing, without dancing, and without storytelling, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Wesley and Richard, thank you so much for coming into Koori Radio and being involved in the first ever Embassy Program. Hey! Hey! <laughs> thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, share before we wrap up? Um, yeah, um, follow the 52 Artists, 52 Actions on, on Instagram, and you can also follow me. My hashtag is He Shows Off. There you go. H E S H O W Z O W F. Hey. And you probably get a few followers on the street as well. It's funny when people say you can follow me, and people go, okay, let's, let's follow them around. Stalkers. Yeah. And don't forget, Sydney Festival is going on until. Uh, until the 28th of January. And if you want to tr- check out anything, just go uh, sydneyfestival.org.au and check out the thing. And just one, one thing for community out there to get down to is maybe Barangaroo, mm. uh, in addition to all the other things, and look at 4,000 Fish. Emily McDaniel's done a beautiful installation there about bar- the Barangaroo story of the early colony you know, colonists taking 4,000 fish, more than they could ever eat. Mm. And this is a chance for Sydney to put some fish back in. Mm. Right. That's, I mean, that again, art, art in terms of history and culture and political history, it's, it's important for people in Sydney to hear that story that yeah. in one day 4,000 fish were taken out of the water. Like, why on earth? There wasn't even a population that yeah. would be able to eat that much. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Thank you so much. Wesley Enoch and Richard Bell on the Drift Zone, speaking about the 2018 Sydney Festival and Art Spaces 52 Artists, 52 Actions, and everything else in between. Thank you for tuning in. To hear more podcasts from The Vault, check out www.tunnelroadproductions.com. Once again, thanks again for tuning into the Drift Zone. One love. <laughs>